um, look, this is not what we ordered. What are you going to do about it? And the chap says, oh, I'm ever so sorry. He says, but I can't get on my computer and I can't, I'd have to handwrite all the information you, you, you share with me because I can't get on the computer to track your order because my computer's broken. So call- Call again Jill. and you'll get another somebody else. <laughs> call tomorrow morning at eight o'clock. They will send me what's missing and that's due to arrive any minute now. So we're gonna have, need to have a break five minutes or so while it's trundled through the front room. Um, and it's supposed to have been here 20 minutes ago, but they're late again. Um, and um, so the food that's missing is going to be replaced and the food that was erroneously delivered, we can keep. And there are about 12 items and it's all, it's meats and, you know, um, turkey breasts, a big turkey loaf and wrapped up in. in but this um, isn't the first time they've done this to you. You've had this happen before, haven't you? We had it once before and they said to us the same thing to keep it. But the last time it was all vegetarian food. <laughs> it was a massive, I'm serious. It was two bags of vegetarian meals. But on this occasion, we, he'd said, return all the stuff that's not yours and we'll dispose of it. And it's like, well, why are you going to dispose of it? If you're going to dispose of it, we'll freeze it and we'll keep it. But Maybe we they were testing you that. to see if you were talking rubbish. Maybe they were like, no. okay, you've got to throw it away. And you're like, oh, okay, there's no problem. Bye. You know, like they're thinking maybe uh, you've done this once before, Desmond. It's on your file. They have a file on you, Desmond. You should apply for GDPR. or What would you call it? Data protection. Uh, apply oh for data God. protection. Oh see, what file, see what file the supermarket have on you. Oh, my God. We are being, we are being whatever the word is. We're being observed. Observed, being watched, observed. checked. Yes. monitored it's all there the computer oh is listening god. oh my god there's i've got an app on my phone right that measures steps which i think is really innocuous like okay you can tell me how many steps i've done in a day right so yeah it just does it and i won't permit it to you know make me an online account and configure with the server in where it, no no just it's fine count your steps and the other day i clicked on it yeah. and there was a section that said have you been asleep from this time to this time? <laughs> Click OK. Right. And I don't even really want to confirm that it was fairly accurate. But how does oh. it know? How does it know? I'm not someone that touches the phone constantly. So, like, how do you know? Like, it, it, there were, it's like, are you listening to me? Are you are you hearing for my snore when I stop? I don't know. Like, just it, that was freaky, man. Like, how do does you it think know? You're being 50? monitored. Well, Just I don't know imagine. what they want with my data, but, you know, <laughs> I don't want they them know. to have it. It's mine. It's my data. If oh, all your movements are being recorded. Okay, so come, <laughs> let's organize the show because we got stuff to do, man. You've got a delivery coming. Like, let's make it happen. Hang on a second, Dave. Hang on a minute. Oh, sorry. Somebody was behaving very peculiarly around my car. Um, are they gone now? Yeah, they're gone. Yes doing something a bit suspicious um what did they do they looked like they were tampering with the wheel the, the tires but I, what it looked like in the end he was tying his shoes or something stupid 
he just looks so, yeah, but David looks so creepy. If you see the size of him and the look of him. Anyway, um, so, okay, so go with this, right. Let's, let's, let's go ahead, let's go. Welcome to this week's Des and Dave. In America this week, it's all been about impeachment, impeachment, impeachment. Over 400 con congressional staff signed a letter to the Senate begging them to impeach Trump. Prosecutors in Georgia opened criminal investigations against Trump. Patricia Durgis, a Republican lawmaker, face 20 different charges for selling faked COVID cures. Pro-Trump lawyer Mike Linwood forced to undergo psychological evaluation to keep his law license. And finally, the Senate honors black police officer for saving the lives of senators, but acquit white insurrectionists. What's new? Usually, I'd say something about UK headlines or around the world, but right now, there's only one story on this week's show. So, it's not all that and more. It's just all that, and really all that, on this week's Des and Dave. Cineman, the Cineman, the Cineman that is Trump. Oh, I think there's even if he'd been impeached this week and found guilty by all 100, I still would have played Cineman. He's a sinner. He's a sinner, Desmond. I just think it's a great pity that he's not a religious man. <laughs> when he stood with the Bible outside the church, upside down. <laughs> that just made me think that he hasn't a clue about religion. Oh, Not a clue. Well, it, it, I definitely he's uh, going to have an interesting time weighing up his scales. But yes, this week was impeachment. What is impeachment? It was an idea that's even older than America itself that the American founding fathers took as a mechanism to rebuke politicians and people of public office from getting away with things. It, 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 that's ultimately what it is. And 
this week, 43 of them have allowed Trump to get away with it. Yes, of course. The um, in, in terms of impeachment, it was the America's answer, the forefathers answer to the levers of power that were in the, the British, their colonial masters, I guess, had structured, you know, that, that a, a, a monastical dynasty was the, the king at the very top and everybody else, you know, all filtered all the way down. Um, and uh, it, it's, it's, it's clearly the, the system is not working in America. It simply is not working. They need to rethink this. And I think it's, it's probably time Americans stop, stop thinking about what their forefathers did or didn't do and start thinking about bringing America into the 21st century. Well, someone who's bringing us into the 21st century. Uh, so, so let's just lay this out for people who have not been following it as closely as us. There is the House and the Senate. In the House, back in January, Nancy Pelosi and the rest of them put together the articles of impeachment, which basically lay out in very simple, clear facts what Trump did, how he brewed up all the um, insurrection beforehand and how he culminated it on that day. And the House managers then go over to the Senate and hold a trial with 100 senators acting as jurors. Now, one of the House managers, Stacey Plaskett, who I've not come across before, but I am now all across this week, um, really articulated what was going on behind the scenes. We've all seen the videos, but what she spoke about was what was going on in the bits we couldn't see. A coincidence. None of this was. Donald Trump, over many months, cultivated violence, praised it. And then when he saw the violence his supporters were capable of, he channeled it to his big, wild, historic event. He organized January 6th with the same people that had just organized a rally resulting in substantial violence and made absolutely sure this time these violent rally goers wouldn't just remain in place. He made sure that those violent people would literally march right here to our steps from the ellipse to the Capitol to stop the steal. His cavalry, this was deliberate. And because the President of the United States incited this, because he was orchestrating this, because he was inviting them, the insurgents were not shy about their planning. They believed they were following the orders of the Commander-in-Chief. They were, as the tweet we just saw, quite literally, his cavalry. So they posted exact blueprints of the attack openly, loudly, proudly. Loudly and proudly, Desmond. Loudly and proudly. He was involved in it. You know, the bit we didn't play from before, what she was saying was there was actually part of it where a permit was not given for them to do uh, the march from what they call the ellipse kind of near the White House down Pennsylvania Avenue to the Capitol. And after Trump interfering behind the scenes to make sure that that march happened. 
So when he stands there and says, we need to fight like hell, we need trial by combat and all the rest of it. And he sent them off on the march. Remember, he said he was going with them. That's where we end up. Trump was, he, his handprints, our fingerprints are all over it. I think an, an overall study of what was actually said was really helpful. And the in his speech, um, which Trump addressed to the writers, he, his, he used, I think he used something like um, 11,000 words were used. And of those 11,000 words used, only once did he use the word peaceful and but use the word fight about 20, maybe 25 times, certainly 20 times. And I think that's probably said it all. If you break down his speech, the insurrection was all about provoking the, the rioters to storm the Capitol, Capitol Hill and, um, and do what they did. So, yeah, I don't think there's any can be any real argument about that. And I think the Republicans know it. And this is it. Ultimately, the impeachment is a political tool, not a, a criminal case one. So there were lots of weird things that went on this week. You had members of the Senate that are meant to be the jurors meeting with Trump's lawyers. Now, you would, in a normal criminal case, if the judge ever discovered that had happened, it, would, it, it wouldn't be very happy. <laughs> it would throw the jury out, probably. Uh, and the, uh, and the, Archimede, the prosecution counsel, the defence counsel, even I'm getting the same mistake as Trump's <laughs> lawyers. But it, you just wonder to yourself how, in all these dynamics uh, that were going on, that they still couldn't grow a backbone to help themselves. Trump is a tumour on the Republican Party and they had the choice to exercise it and they chose not to take it. And ultimately, it's a plague on their own house now. They have allowed this to continue. They could have took the opportunity to find him guilty of what they then say he's guilty of because their main argument against finding him guilty is the fact that he's no longer in office. No, that's the punishment that can come next. And bar him from holding office is the other one. But ultimately, they didn't have the backbone to do it. And they want to convolute facts about when, the uh, because he's no longer in office, that he cannot be held to account. Yet they agree. And I say they. Let's hear some more of the, the evidence. Because as you mentioned, the word fight. the And Trump really had... I don't even think third-rate lawyers. These these guys were the ambulance chasers. And just a little tidbit for you, Des. I've done so. It, it, one of his main lawyers was a guy called Bruce Caster, that could barely get his own words out. A bit like me this morning. But um, uh, he actually is a true ambulance chasing lawyer, Desmond. If you look him up, he's an ambulance chaser. And strangely enough, in August of 2020. He actually tried to sue Trump. I kid you not. This lawyer now working for Trump tried to sue Trump back in August 2020. Well, let's hear some of Trump's defense. The American people just spoke. And they just changed administrations. The people are smart enough in the light most favorable to them. They're smart enough to pick a new administration if they don't like the old one. And they just did. Things went worse from there when the other Trump lawyer, David Schoen, took over. Listen. This trial will tear this country apart 
perhaps like we have only seen once before in our history. It's going to tear the country apart, Desmond, according to Trump's lawyer. Like, they're not living in a reality. And their only rebuke was to put a compilation tape of Democrats together using the word fight. Now, context is always everything. You can say a word many times. I have said the word murder. I have never committed it. But you could put a compilation tape together of me saying the word murder. I don't know how useful that would then be for you. And what made me it made me actually realize watching this collection of Democrats saying the word fight is actually how long they have been fighting for and how passionate they have been, because as it's obvious to, I think, a normal human being, what they are describing is fighting for causes, fighting for issues, fighting for truth and justice. So it actually makes me think how committed they remain to that and how committed they've been throughout all of this. They really are the adults in the room. So I think in a way, it even undermined it more for me that you know this was the level. They, there was other arguments that, that were in newspapers they could have used, but they chose to go down this road and yeah it it just made me think you don't know what you're you don't you you don't know what you are trying to attempt to achieve here you are playing to an audience of one which is trump but it must have hurt trump to hear his own defense lawyer turn around and say you lost the election you were taken out by the voters there's a new guy in charge down at pennsylvania avenue wondering why he can't pass anything because we are in this Senate trial. <laughs> well, there were, there were reports that, um, that Trump had considered sacking him um, in the middle of the trial um, and appeared to have been persuaded by advisors that it would probably be unwise to do so right now. Um, it's just... You so, you sat watching it all week, Des. You you were glued to it, right? You were the inside man. You know, you caught every recess break, microphone fluff, and you know, what what stood out for you? Um. Well, I think that the the outcome was largely expected, um, and the, the the difficulty was to see the the way in which the Republican House managers, the uh, Democratic House managers, had applied themselves to the task of attempting to convict Trump. Um, and they did it because they actually believed that in what they say and what they were saying and in the, the outcomes of some of their investigations, they, they, they introduced quite a lot of new evidence, which was which was quite upsetting to watch some of it. Um, but I, I, I just, I, I don't know, really. I think when you, when you have an opportunity as an individual to look back, see yourself in a rather dangerous situation, and then observe that had it not been for the intervention of some of the security officers, you may well be dead. Um, and if you still insist or you give the impression that nothing wrong was done you begin to despair and I think that's probably what happened I, I start looking at it and thinking to myself I don't believe they're saying this this is not true 
And I think that was, yeah, it was this general response of American media commentators. They just were looking at it in, dis in utter disbelief and finding it very difficult to know who to blame because here was an opportunity for the Republicans to mop up their own mess because, let's face it, they're responsible for Trump's election um, and his presidency, and they simply showed a remarkable reluctance to clean up their own mess. And the thought that came into my head over the course of the week was, shame on you. Mm. And more importantly, this was a major shame and scandal. Mrs. Whistle, what's her name? Whistle Lady Whistledown. <laughs> lady Whistledown. Your, your um, Lady Whistledown's thoughts came to my head during the course of the week. And I thought, no, shame and scandal in this family, this Republican family. I think that's what I felt over the course of the week. I mean, there's so many levels to this for me. The first is very much that if you won't act on this, what will you act on? Like, let's remind ourselves that a policeman died, 140 officers injured, not counting the psychological damage to the House members and senators and all of their staff. Yeah, like, let's let's not forget all of that. They urinated and defecated in the hallways they and, and damage and so much more stuff that we can be replaced but it's like there is just no respect for any of this for your whole institution incited by the guy that's meant to protect it above all else and you didn't have the spine that's on the huge like ideological level then you already said in the headlines you've got 400 members of staff that work at the US Capitol for the senators and the House members. And that's an open letter, I imagine. When you say there's 400 names, they usually sign their name, John Smith and so on. So what can those 400 and probably more individuals be really thinking and feeling right now? Because they're, ba they're basically hearing that their bosses don't care. So if I was one of the Republican staffers working for Ted Cruz or Josh Hawley right now, I'd wonder how much they really care about all of the things and what we're here to do. So there's that level of just, I don't know what you are creating or fermenting there. There is on another level, just you are going to give the Democrats permission to delete the filibuster and go ahead because you, I don't think you've demonstrated anything to, to show otherwise. You know, you talk about a unity ticket and whatever and accusing Biden of not acting. He met with you guys to discuss the bill already and so on. But just I I cannot believe they couldn't grow the spine to help themselves. And part of the really twisted thing in the evidence was when they put together that video of um, Democrats repeating the word fight out of context, Stacey Plaskett add some other thoughts on it that only occurred to me after watching it a few times. I'll briefly say that defense counsels put a lot of videos out in their, um, in their defense, playing clip after clip of black women talking about fighting for a cause or an issue or a policy 
was not lost on me is so many of them were people of color and women, and black women, black women like myself, who are sick and tired of being sick and tired for our children, your children, our children. This summer, things happened that were violent, but there were also things that gave some of us black women great comfort, seeing Amish people from Pennsylvania standing up with us, members of Congress fighting up with us. And so I thought we were past that. I think maybe we're not. But do you know, Dave, if we look at the number of presidential impeachments, that is, there's really, Trump is the, let me get this correct, first, well, they didn't actually impeach Nixon, or rather he resigned before the impeachment was, was done. So it's potentially four. But the impeachments, have they've all been unsuccessful. And I think what that says is that, for me, the narrative there is that the, the political mechanisms for managing those issues will never, ever be successfully resolved. One wonders whether you can actually impeach anybody, because unless you have, uh, you, you have the necessary majority um, in, the, in the, the House of Senate, if you've got a majority of 17 plus, there's a possibility for impeachment. But that's a phenomenal um, measurement. How are you going to do that? How are you I going think to... you, you talk about the mechanism. I think it is the, simply the fact that the Turkeys don't want to vote for Christmas, because I think some of them fear that it would happen to them and it would open up opportunities. However, it still is there, and they have actually impeached not um, uh, not presidents before, but they've impeached other lawmakers. You have to go back a little while, uh, and they use other mechanisms as well. But I think some of them, for self-preservation, you know, this is why they never seem to push this button. It is is very much the media when they you know kind of self. Uh, regulate rather than you know allow themselves to be put forward be, be, uh, before an arbiter so it, 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 I think for them it's really self-preservation but again at the moment they are going to try and stand behind the argument somehow because he was out of office they couldn't impeach even though they would have done but then they didn't impeach when they had the chance to accept the articles of impeachment and God, we say impeach a lot, uh, to accept the articles and um, Mitch McConnell run the trial. And he's he's the most maddening one. But just to finish on what Stacey Plaskett said, it seems even the structural racism continues again. And you have a collection where there's at best, maybe they don't recognise their unconscionable, bi unconscionable bias. But at worst, it's active and in their minds that when they're putting those clips together, that's what they're thinking of. People have no spine and will do absolutely anything, anything. It doesn't matter. Break the house down in order to win the house. Like, uh, I don't know how you, you, you come back from that. I think hopefully a lot of Americans are waking up and will act with their ballot. Let me just say this, David, and this is, I think, something that perhaps the Democrats have got to take responsibility for not clearing up. There have been a number of de de debates in the media about the actual, after the first 
vote. The first vote was to determine whether or not it was constitutional or unconstitutional for them to proceed with a meeting, with a hearing of this nature. The decision was, the vote was majority of six, and the decision taken by the, 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 the senators was that it was constitutional to proceed. And it's on that basis they should have moved forward. However, when you hear the rantings of the Republicans, what's very apparent is they still rejected at the end of the matter. They still rejected that it was a constitutional matter. But the Senate had made a decision. And the decision was it was constitutional to move forward. So why are they claiming right now is that, they, that the whole process was unconstitutional? It's a total nonsense. And what it demonstrated was that the Republicans' total disregard for decisions made outside their, their agreement. Only they are right. And it, it does actually make you feel like, hang on a minute, the lawmakers are exclusively Republicans. And looking at the color, it's clearly a white Republican making the decisions and nobody else can make that decisions. In the evidence, they tried to somehow make equations with the Black Lives Matters protest last year. You know, America last year was a tinderbox. I don't think there was, you know, individuals inciting it. In fact, there were families coming out saying this is not what George Floyd would have wanted and this is not how to react and various others. And, you know, it wasn't just a case of one. I think that equation, even me describing it in an equation is mad. You know, that was it's so not the same thing that was based on truth, you know, of stuff that was going on uh, and not a fake uh, election lie that just was huge was bigger and bigger and we again like you said earlier we've found out so much more in terms of detail and the fact that we know trump from uh, evidence at the trial we know trump knew that pence was in danger and he still sent that tweet you know i just wonder if you are pence what, but again i don't think any of them know what to do they bowed down to king trump and they are not sure who to follow next and it's, what do you it's, think that's about, though, Dave? I mean, it's really quite puzzling. Is it? it I don't think I don't think it's so puzzling because they they've never really stood for much beyond tax cuts and small government since the kind of era of of, of Reagan. And you know, they it, it, they've had to be pulled kicking and screaming. I think what this has done is expose their roots in racism, in inequality. In you know, they voted. Des, if they want to argue that they couldn't impeach Trump because, you know, oh, we have to wait for the inauguration to be over. And then the inauguration happens and then you argue, oh, no, we can't do it because he's out of office. You get, they are the same Republicans that gave huge tax cuts to uh, corporate America and the most richest. And in the same time during COVID all of last year, dragged their feet on giving some of the poorest in America a couple of hundred dollars. Those are the people, guys, like there's no other. When their leader then commits an insurrection and lies to the country so openly, they defend him, trying to use a procedural argument, and but yet agree. And this is really the point to bring it in, I think, Des. Mitch McConnell, the 
ex-Senate majority leader, now the minority leader, is probably just out to only save his skin to remain there as the minority leader now. And uh, But yet he agrees that Trump was the one that practically and was morally, practically, yeah, and morally responsible for the insurrection. That's what Mitch McConnell says, but yet he votes not guilty. Don't just believe me. Hear his own words. January 6th was a disgrace. American citizens attacked their own government. They used terrorism to try to stop a specific piece of domestic business they did not like. Fellow Americans beat and bloodied our own police. They stormed the Senate floor. They tried to hunt down the Speaker of the House. They built a gallows and chanted about murdering. They did this because they'd been fed wild falsehoods by the most powerful man on earth. Because he was angry, he lost an election. Former President Trump's actions preceded the riot for a disgraceful, disgraceful dereliction of duty. There's no question, none, that President Trump is practically and morally responsible for provoking the events of the day. No question about it. Can you believe him, though? Can you believe a word he says? I actually find myself in a situation where I cannot believe him. I cannot take what he says seriously. He's gone through this performance before, you know, um, and not only him, the minority leader in the Congress, McCarthy, has done exactly the same thing. Well, that that also emerged this week, didn't it, as part of the evidence? So McCarthy actually telephoned Trump to ask for help. And Trump said to him that it was Antifa. And McCarthy replied, who the fuck do you think you're talking to? Cut to several weeks later, Kevin McCarthy, uh, uh, House Minority Leader, goes to Trump to kiss his ring. I mean, you know, they, they a plague upon their own house, Desmond. They don't know what they do. They had the opportunity. And I think Mitch McConnell, like others, and as Mitch goes on to say, it's probably going to end up in the hands of federal prosecutors. However, Michael Cohen, Trump's old lawyer and fixer, believes Trump has as a pardon, a pocket pardon for himself that he just hasn't revealed yet. So if the federal prosecutors do come for Trump on charges of insurrection that would be criminal under a proper trial and so on, Trump could use his pardon to get out of that, whether under some other state laws, I don't know. But I'm not too convinced that providing a pocket pardon, you know, pulling like pulling the proverbial rabbit out of the hat will save Trump because all it will do it'll be a springboard for more litigation because the argument about whether a president can pardon himself has not 
been conclusively solved. Um, or, and, and, and that would need probably the Supreme Court decision on that basis, you know, ultimately. So I, I'm not really sure that's, that's the answer. But whatever, whatever Trump does, it just struck me as really bizarre that he's, and not Trump, McConnell has done, it just struck me as bizarre that he's left the decision to somebody else. I mean, what, did they take us all as fools? I mean, the whole world is watching. It isn't just, just Americans looking at what's going on. It's the entire globe. They're looking and they're thinking to themselves, I would like, I'd be interesting actually to uncover if one did a, um, a poll across the globe to discover how many countries, how many people in countries actually trust the, right now, trust the Republican Party to manage, to successfully manage American, the, the, America. I would think that the, the polls would be very, very low. Well, there's also the fallout with donors. So American politics is is uh, yeah. ravaged with with corporate money, you know, hotels and also just all sorts. Every kind of business throws money into politics, often trying to get what they want, lobbying. Uh, and the Republicans have lost an awful amount of money. And really, <clears throat> and really, that's what it boils down to is what are the calculations in terms of your finance? And do you think you can get more funding from Trumpist supporters and people like that, but you're going to lose a lot of corporate money. Um, but Stacey um, Plaskett, again, was at a press conference after the vote had been called and um, Trump was found not guilty. And she was asked about Mitch McConnell's comments. Listen, we heard from, this, from the minority leader, Mitch McConnell, that we have proven the case. He said specifically... The House managers have proven the facts of the case. And before we started um, yesterday, we knew when we rested, we rested with overwhelming evidence as to the facts of this case. These all jurors were also witnesses to the crime. They knew specifically what was happening. And so we believe that we have shown that this president is a disgrace to our country. Mitch McConnell himself said that. These senators have decided to hang their hat on jurisdictional grounds, which are not based in the evidence, which are not based on the facts, and they will have to be judged for that. We have done our duty to the American people. They will have to be judged for that, Desmond. They will have to be judged. And I think the American electorate, considering Biden's win is the biggest win in all of U.S. presidential election history, so is Trump's but he came second. <laughs> but it definitely exercised them enough. And I wonder if average Americans that are not paying attention to politics, because there are still tens of millions of them that can vote, that don't. Yes, there is voter suppression, all the other things, but there's still a high number of people that choose not to vote for whatever reason. And I just wonder if seeing something like this now, where truly the lawmakers have destroyed the institution and not held him to account. There was no jail term for Trump at the end of this. There simply would have been another vote to allow him not to stand for high office again. That would have been the punishment. What McConnell was saying in his speech was that there's still criminal proceedings that could be had. And he was suggesting that's what should happen, that the Republican 
minority leader was suggesting that Trump be hounded out of not just political life, but also his private freedom by going after him in through the law courts. But they didn't want to take that on. They've now left it for the Democrats to, to, to clean up their mess. It's, oh, it's awful, Dave. It really is awful. I don't think the Democrats are going to clean up the mess completely. Nancy Pelosi um, was asked about censure. So censure is basically where you slap somebody on the wrist and you tell them off and you say, we disagree with what you said and you shouldn't have said it and so on. But again, there's no punishment. It's just like written down that we, you know, don't think you should have said this thing, basically. So here's Nancy, man. Here's Nancy. The censure is a slap in the face of the Constitution. That lets everybody off the hook. It lets everybody off the hook. Oh, these cowardly senators who couldn't face up to what the president did and what was at stake for our country are now going to have a chance to give a little slap on the wrist. We censure people for using stationery for the wrong purpose. We don't censure people for inciting insurrection that kills people in the Capitol. I love it. You heard one of the journalists say that was a good answer. That's not what censures for. There is another option open to the Democrats, though. They can have a simple majority vote in the Senate that under Section 14, uh, sorry, Amendment 14 of the U.S. Constitution, Section 3, would bar Trump from holding high office. Yeah, there's some more detail around that, but they could do that. And they probably will, I think. But it's not going to be on their first priority because there's not an election immediately. You know, it can roll around in a couple of months time. I, I think that, you're, that what you say is, is highly, highly possible. But I think one of the key things, and it's for me, it's key. It's the central point to understanding what has actually happened to American politics in the last five years. Trump's presidential position was founded on a lie. It ended on a lie. And what the Republicans are looking to do is move it forward on a lie. And if they do that, the Republican Party will disintegrate and collapse because it's inevitable. And then you wonder what's going to happen with those 10 Congress Republicans who voted to impeach Trump. Will they be signal um, singled out for reprisals? And what's going to happen to the seven from the Senate who also voted to, to uh, mm. um, not to quit Trump? Are they going to be targeted? But the answer to everything is, it's not MIGAV, it's Antifa, it's the Muslims. It used to be the Blacks, <laughs> but now it's Antifa. Oh, but it is Black Lives Matter, of course. They're responsible for an awful lot. I just loved it when Trump said that. Uh, who, who was it? Black Lives Matter. It was even suggested that amongst the, the video footage that we saw, that the instigators were Black Lives Matter groups. I didn't see one, did you? <laughs> I, no, Desmond, no. I can't, you know, I was trying to think of something funny to say, and it's like, it's not just on any level. Like, I, 
I think all of us around the world are a bit shook in terms of, yes, Biden is in charge, but all of this kind of fallout, the repercussions of this are huge. They have shown they don't have a spine, as I keep saying, that they don't. What do you stand for then? So when they bring before you a bill that says, OK, we think everybody should, uh, you know, get make sure that water is safe across America and that it shouldn't be poisoned by companies and so on, which is actually a major issue over there. Um, what they, they're going to say, oh, no, we can't stand on this because, you know, private companies have the right to poison the water because, you know, it's their water. Also, I just don't understand what abstract argument you can apply when in the face of all the facts after you even agree that those are the facts and that this happened as nancy pelosi was incandescent with rage there you heard like mitch mcconnell was trying to have it every which way dave what are they going to do with all those malevolent mistresses of malarkey <laughs> because those numbers are going to grow they're not going to diminish they're going to grow over the next well, two well you say you say that actually a lot of when i was listening to something about the statistics and stuff this week so when they keep saying you know 70 odd 78 percent of republicans think that the election was stolen that the trump is the messiah and so on that number is based on the voting number of people that vote Republican, only 30% of registered Republicans. And then if you start to unpick that number even more, what you discover is a lot lower number than voted 74 million for Trump. He, he was voted down ticket. The Republicans overall got more than he did and so on. So actually the, the, the constituency of this hardcore group fantasists is actually rather small, yep. but do the majority of the Republicans recognize that and will they exercise and act upon it? And at the moment, their numbers seem few. Maybe that that's about them being uh, vocal or not and choosing their right moment. But we do know like the Republicans have had several phone calls this week with many hundreds of them on the call, basically trying to find a way forward and talking about even splitting. Um, but I think they know if they split the vote that they'll never hold high office again uh, in the you same regard. You are aware, Dave, that the, the, the fall in Republican um, voters um, or members, membership is, is falling and very, very rapidly across all the states in America. Yeah, They're, a lot of them, a lot of them going to the Democrats, a lot of them becoming independent. Yeah, yeah. So they are being hurt. It's not like, you know, this incident is going un, 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 unseen. They are being hurt. And they're being hurt because people are walking. They're walking away from them. And so they should. Um, but as you say, as you rightly say, you know, their destiny is in their own hands. Um, and uh, all I can say is, you know, when you ask me a question about who did it, Trump's immediate response is Antifa. I thought that was wonderful. And I'm glad we got it. We had actually, we, we had it in writing. You know, it's there. It's a piece of recorded history for all to see. The first response to anything, any criticism of the Republican Party, it's not ASCAV. It's Antifa, it's Black Lives Matter, it's almost, it's the Muslims, it's, it's anyone, but it's not us. And that's, they're going to have to confront that. The, the, the lying, we started a few weeks ago, we, 
we recognize that one of the, the, the key issues in resolving all of this is about truth. We said it at the time. This is, the Republicans are not speaking the truth. I think it's clear to say people need to maybe know where we stand on this, Desmond, and um, yes. maybe they need to let us know if if we think he was um, innocent or, or guilty or, uh, you know, and we just have one thing to say, don't we? This council has no hesitation in proclaiming you all guilty. 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 He's guilty from us, Desmond. But I feel like we must give Nancy another shot this week because she does really, uh, you know, she's. She, I don't want to sound ageist at all, Des, but she's 80. And my God, when I'm 80, I hope I've got as much energy as her. She is a fierce, fierce individual. But what we saw in that Senate today was a cowardly group of Republicans who apparently have no options because they were afraid to defend their job, respect the institution in which they served. Imagine that it would be vandalized in so many bad ways that I won't even go into here, and that they would not respect their institute. That the president of the Senate, Mike Pence, hang Mike Pence, was the chant and they just dismissed that. Why? Because maybe they can't get another job. What is so important about any one of us? What is so important about the political survival of any one of us that is more important than our Constitution that we take an oath to protect and defend? But why I came over was because I listened to Mitch McConnell. Mitch McConnell who, when this distinguished group of House managers were gathered on January 15th to deliver the articles of impeachment, could not, we're told, it could not be received because Mitch McConnell had shut down the Senate and was going to keep it shut down until right until the inauguration. So for him to get up there and make this indictment against the president and then say, but I can't, I can't uh, vote for it because it's after the fact. The fact that he established, the fact that he established that it could not be delivered. Des, do you, do you know what occurs to me listening to Nancy is mm-hmm. in some way I feel like politicians, the way they are having to combat this is they engage with the lie and end up delivering the truth, which means they have to actually answer the question, even though it may be a found uh, unfounded question. It's, I feel like they're actually answering things now, especially, well, maybe not around the world, but just I feel like... It, Nancy's one of them. She will answer it now. <laughs> it's not really a politician's answer that we're hearing. <laughs> Did you see her when she banged the bang, bang the lectern? <laughs> she has a she has a, a, a special relationship with banging things like that. But look, she's absolutely right, Dave. You're right. She is right, and she is also being honest. And what I'm She's the only one who publicly made that statement. She's the only Democrat who said, hang on a minute, McConnell lulled us into a false sense of security. The real reason why 
he deferred the Senate hearing to a period beyond um, Biden's inauguration was for this for the very reason that he was able to set his team up to say it's unconstitutional. That's all he, that's what that game was. That's all that game was. But as she said, the which and which the media have also said is that look, hang on a minute. We began the process before Trump left office. So yes, we can complete the process after he's left office. So that's a contentious. But that's the that's the premise under which McConnell led his merry men. You know, let's hang on to this. This is the only way forward for us. Let's now say it was unconstitutional because it happened outside of his presidency. What a low-down game. Last week, we established that the Republicans were pusillanimous <laughs> pussyfooters. <laughs> and I stand by my, <laughs> I stand by my, my comments uh, because they have dis- demonstrated they lack courage and resilience. They are weak, <laughs> weak, weak. <laughs> Does that remind you of something, David? <laughs> Oh God, we're going back in political history there with that one. Just uh, yeah, beyond weak. I think just you know, the, the spineless invertebrates. You know, a worm has got more spine than they have. Especially that Mitch McConnell it looks like a tortoise coming out of a shell. But uh, yes, we've got to wrap up this week. What are you looking forward to in the week to come? I know I'm certainly just looking forward to some Biden news. We've mentioned his name rarely in this week's podcast, but for obvious reason. But um, we'll have to see what Biden's been up to. He's been busy. I heard he was on the phone to the Chinese president for two hours. Who knows what they were discussing? I, I don't. I, I Well, one thing we know. Let's look at what we know. It's over. The hearings, the impeachment, it's over. We have to move forward now. And the first thing that Biden will be looking is to get his, his, I think he's got a date. He must do it by the 13th or 14th of March. He's got to get his stimulus underway. Um, He has to get that confirmed in law. So that will be his first objective, I would imagine. So it's business as usual from next week. I suppose the one thing we have to finish on is that Georgia has opened up the criminal investigation. And from what I hear from the, some of the detail in that, that will go to a grand jury in March. So if the grand jury choose to indict, that could be a very interesting criminal trial against Trump. I'm going to say in, re- in response to that, Dave, which is something that has been obsessing me for a little while now. I remember in the 50s, the ultimate fate of Al Capone. Do you remember? Is that a piece of history you're familiar with? Yeah. Al Capone. I think Trump's fate's going to be similar to that of Al Capone's. They're not going to get him on any criminality. They'll probably get him in the end, which is what they did with Al Capone. They got him for tax fraud. However, he spent the rest of his life in prison. (laughs) That was it. (laughs) That was the end of Al Capone. And I think, like all mobsters, that is Trump's fate. 
but they will get him. I do. I said since the very beginning of when we did this podcast, he's going to end up in a prison cell, and I would like that to come true, just so he, you know, has some time to reflect. You know, they must be visit him as a missionary. <laughs> no, but Will Melania, and that's the interesting one. Anyway, so Will Melania visit Donald Trump in prison? That's a, a clincher to finish this week's Des and Dave, I think. <laughs> oh dear. There's... Apparently, I've heard that she's rather jealous of um, the, of um, Doctor, as she's known, Doctor Mistress Biden. The, you know, well, I'm sure Doctor Biden's just being best, be best. <laughs> Whatever. Right, Des, have a fun week. I'll see you Thank in you. seven days. Listen, take care. Oh, it's over. the black man if he struggles one more day heaven help the white man if he turns back away heaven help the man who kicks the man who has a crawl heaven help us all heaven help us all heaven help us all help us all from the mighty and the mighty from the small